Welcome to Cover Your Eyes Podcast. I'm Sarah Devereaux. I'm Holly Oliver. Hey, Holly. Hi, Sarah. So today we're doing uh, She Devil from 1989. Directed by Susan Seidelman, who directed Desperately Seeking Susan. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) I didn't realize it either. That's exciting. Yeah. I love Susan Seidelman, apparently. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So I just want to say right off the bat before I forget, we know that Roseanne, like since this movie has been revealed to be like um, a racist, uh, ambient using tweeter. So this is all pre that. And that's where I'm coming from. So we'll just say that right off the bat. When we say Roseanne is awesome or Ruth is awesome, we're not endorsing her being racist, which I mean, come on, that should be fucking obvious. Mm-hmm. I think it's weird that we feel like we have to put a fucking disclaimer uh-huh. at the beginning of a show before we talk about a movie from 1989 because one of the actors says racist shit on Twitter now in 2020. But I feel like I need to. No, I no. Like scared. I think it's fucking weird, mm-hmm. but I also understand why you're doing it, and I would have brought it up too. When I was 10, I didn't know that, and I liked Roseanne. That's where I'm coming from. Um, And also, just because this was like, this movie came out, I guess, in between or after the first season of Roseanne, Mm -hmm. and as a Midwesterner from a lower to middle class family in a small town in the Midwest, like, I just always really loved Roseanne, the show, and identified with it. And it was just hilarious. I really liked her. And I feel like on her show, she really, like, broke some molds and spoke about things that people weren't speaking about and did represent different groups of people. Whenever she started saying racist things, supporting people that have, like, white supremacy agendas, um, I was like... Well, didn't she have, like, a stroke? Oh, maybe. That was my first thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's such, like, a 180 from how she seemed before. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what happened. But regardless, we're going back to the 80s, Roseanne, and that's who I'll be talking about and, <laughs> and giving adulation to. Also, I just want to say that this movie is straight out of the Grandma Collection, Uh, (laughs) oh hell yes (laughs) i was like lucky enough to spend the night with my grandma so i'm lucky enough to like have a grandma that i want to spend the night with (laughs) and that has a vast vhs collection (laughs) so it is like "Hmm, what a good opportunity (laughs) because they're all old (laughs) and i knew that she had this movie and i remembered it so i just went through and showed Holly the selection of, like, these are what we have to choose from, which was a ton. <laughs> it really was. Yeah. And then we both agreed, like, this would be a good one. And I had the authentic, like, grainy VHS experience. I was, like, kind of envying your <laughs> VHS experience. I was, like, I pressed play on my little dinky remote. And I was, like, boy, Sarah's, like, putting that VHS tape, <laughs> sticking it into the VCR <laughs> slot. The <laughs> yeah. metallic sound as it like sucks the VHS tape in. As and I got to rewind it at the end. Oh fuck! <laughs> Does she have a special rewind separate rewinder? No, I don't think so. Okay, you just have to hit rewind at the end. Do you remember how people had VHS tape rewinders? I think I do. And then it was like. The story was that rewinding tapes like burnt out your VCR. Even like even as a kid, I was I was pretty skeptical of that one. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's true, but I guess it seems kind of lame. Yeah, like they only have a certain number of rotations <laughs> built in, and if you use them for a rewind, you're wasting them. It's like how we only have a certain number of breaths. Yeah. Don't waste them. And if you don't rewind, then you get fined at the video store. So you had to. I guess it was worth investing in (laughs) the rewinder. (laughs) So I watched this movie a lot. 
Oh, nice. As a kid. I'm sure we watched it together. Yeah, I'm sure we did. My mom didn't like Roseanne. She thought she was trashy <laughs> and loud. Mm-hmm. She's um, not wrong. <laughs> and then last night uh, when I was going to watch She Devil, I asked Isaac if he wanted to watch it. And he went, no, I don't want to hear Roseanne's voice. And I was like, I thought you loved the TV show. And he was like, yeah, but I I don't like her voice. And I was like, why don't you like my voice, Isaac? Oh, my God. He was like, that's like the love child between Roseanne and Gary Shanley. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I, I heard her voice as we were watching this. And I thought, yeah, that... Really is more of Gary Shanley. Does yeah. my does my ass look fat? <laughs> In this movie though, she like tones it down. It's not as bad as it is on the TV show. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. She does really tone it down. Okay, because I was like, did I just remember her voice being like way louder? No, like, she's more loud and nasally on her show. Okay, I think she was method acting. Yeah, <laughs> she did a good job. I thought she did a good job. This was a, I wanted to watch this after 976 Evil mm-hmm. because it's called She Double. And I was like, you know, when you're a woman, all you have to do to dance with Satan is to be unfuckable. <laughs> oh my God. You don't have to call a hotline like you do when you're a teenage boy. Oh, and elaborate. Who did they go after during the witch trials, during the Inquisition? They went Probably spinsters. Yeah, they went Mm -hmm. after the old hags. They (laughs) went after the unfuckable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The unfuckable. They did. It needs to be like a new movie about the witch trials. (laughs) It's called Unfuckable. <laughs> so there's that. I don't want to like go off on a tangent too much before we get started, though, because if anybody hasn't has not watched She Double, uh, like I said, when I was a kid, the first like I sat down to watch this, I was excited because I loved Roseanne, mm-hmm. and I was like completely sucked in from the first moment. This is a beautiful story. <laughs> <laughs> We've been watching movies now for a little bit, and there have been so many jerk men, like Ruth's husband, husband Bob, in She-Devil, and it's like, finally, it's like Bob is the embodiment of all of the men in movies, like woman in the woman in red um Mm -hmm. or fatal attraction or whatever other movie we watched (laughs) where men are horrible (laughs) for no reason yeah (laughs) there's a long list it's also funny because at the same time that she's getting revenge she's also like helping out other people yeah so that makes it softer because i'm Mm -hmm. not generally like a person that is like an eye. I'm not an eye for an eye person, but sometimes people do need to be put in their place. Agreed. Do you want to do a summary? Put me in, coach. Ruth is an 80s housewife living in suburbia. She has a husband who's an accountant. They have just like, you know, the normal nuclear family. She thinks everything's fine. And he, meanwhile, has like secretaries that he's, they don't show for sure, but it's like implied that he's probably already stripping his secretary because she's hot (laughs) and um then they have this big event coming up and she's roseanne's all or ruth is all excited she's trying to get gussied up to go to this big gala with her husband and he's trying to talk her out of going and really just because he's embarrassed of her and then while they're there he ends up meeting meryl streep who plays mary fisher who's a romance novelist and she falls in love with uh Bob, bob the husband and then that night, they start their affair. And it just goes from there. He moves into her house, basically leaves Ruth and her kids behind. And so she's like, 
she puts up with it for as long as she can. And then finally she's like, this is crazy. Like he's obviously having an affair. And then it all culminates in this dinner where his parents come over and she's supposed to be like playing the perfect wife and pretending like everything's okay in front of his parents. And then things just devolve. And finally he loses it on her. And then admits that like they only got married because she was pregnant and she's like heartbroken and fed up. And he gives her this big speech of like, you know what, Ruth, I was going to see this marriage out. Like he was doing her a favor (laughs) by continuing to be married to her while he's having multiple affairs. I know. And he's like, a man only has a few things in his life. One is his freedom. And another is his home where he's, he's the king of the castle. And another is, um, oh, no. Freedom is last. Yeah. Home, um, family, home career, freedom. And career. Yeah. I started from the bottom. <laughs> now we're here. And then, so she's like, all right, then. And she, like, gets a plan to just go through them one by one and take away everything that he values. And that's what happens. And then along the way, she like helps other people, like you said. And basically, she doesn't do anything really wrong. She's just, like you said, amplifying everything that he's already doing wrong and finally making it come to a head where he's getting punished in the way that he deserves. And then she comes out on top. So like along the way, she finds her own value and makes her own life. Mm-hmm. realizes that she doesn't need him anyway. Yeah. And then he starts realizing her value too. Mm-hmm. And wants to try to come back to her. And she's like, nah. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's this there's this problem I have in a lot of movies. And every time it happens, it irritates me very badly. It's when, let's say that Bob had done all of this stuff cheated on her ruth goes to see him this didn't happen in the movie but this is what i don't like ruth goes to see him and she's like i'm gonna get my revenge on you bob and then there's like some kind of battle of the wits or whatever there's none of that in this movie and i love it because i'm always like why are you being so stupid like Listen, if you need to get revenge on somebody, don't fucking tell them. (laughs) Yeah, don't give them a chance to prepare. (laughs) So that always irks me. And so I'm so relieved with She-Double that she's clever. And Bob never finds out that she was the source of the chaos. That's true. First off, oh, the other thing. Okay, so I wanted to talk for a minute about... Robin Leach. Mm-hmm. Um, Robin Leach, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yes. Do you remember that show? Definitely. Champagne wishes and caviar <laughs> dreams. <laughs> uh, I always, it's funny, I do, um, sometimes I'll do an impression of him, uh-huh. like, randomly to Isaac, and it'll be, like, really aggressive, like, I just broke into somebody's <laughs> house, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, making them drink champagne with me but they're like in bed asleep because it's like four in the morning (laughs) and cracks me up so i was really laughing when i saw robin leach (laughs) so we meet mary who is a romance novelist and she's uh her mom calls her a slut (laughs) (laughs) she talks she talks very softly and she really thinks that it's good to always be submissive to the man because a man he needs to be needed and if you don't need a man obviously to his face he won't want to snuggle later because you'll have emasculated him so we need to know who's the man and who's the woman to a t (laughs) and everything is pink That's how she lets everyone know that she's the woman. Exactly. Even though she's actually, like, behind that veneer of femininity, she's, like, extremely aggressive. Right. And very active in going after what she wants. And what she wants is Bob. Mm -hmm. And she goes ahead and she, you know, goes along with him, even though she met his wife. Because... Ruth actually spilled a drink on her. So Ruth 
clumsiness introduced Mary and Bob at the party. So it is her fault that he cheated on her. Always. Always. <laughs> it made me think about how, okay, at the beginning of the movie, that, you know, that bitch, Mary, she's stealing my husband. That's like Ruth's attitude about it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't blame Bob. Right. It was like Mary's seducing him. So I just need to be better and more feminine. And then my my husband will want to fuck me again. And then he'll become immune to Mary's charms. This is the logic we see while she's trying to save her marriage. Because it's all her responsibility. And mm-hmm. his mom even says during the fight at dinner, like, you know you have to keep in line to keep your man. Like, mm-hmm. you got to stay hot and horny and a good fucking cook in the kitchen or he's going to step out. And if you're not doing that, then what do you expect? Of course he's going to step out. I love when you say step out. <laughs> <laughs> and that was totally the attitude. And, like, I remember hearing adults around me say things like, oh, did you hear that so-and-so like had, is having an affair? And then it's like, have you seen his wife? Uh-huh. Of course he's having an affair. Who would want to fuck her? She's had five kids. Ew. Gross. It's like that, that right. level of objectifying women. You are not valuable or even visible Mm-hmm. Unless I want to fuck you. Yeah, she was totally made invisible at the party. It's like they just completely ignored her after she spilled the wine on Mary. And then Bob was like, go get some salt and Perrier. He just like made her do everything, ushered her away. And then Mary was like, salt and Perrier, a man who's familiar with a woman's domain. I like that. And then that's when <laughs> she was like, ooh, I need this guy. And then from then on, it was just like Ruth didn't exist. They made her sit in the backseat of the car. He gave Mary a ride home from the party all the way out to like Martha's Vineyard or something that was like 75 miles away. And then they drop Ruth off at home, but like a block from the house at night alone. He's like, no need in wasting time on a U-turn, right, honey? And she's like, sure. This <laughs> Fucking Bob. So Bob, he thinks that if he just ends every phrase with honey or dear <laughs> or darling, yeah, that she won't notice that he is just chronically cheating on her. And then whenever she asks him, are you cheating on me? He flat out lies to her and says no. Right. And see, so the problem with this is that Whenever you do that, so we're actually sharing a reality where I'm cheating and then you ask me about it and then I say, because your reality is also that I'm cheating, even though you don't have proof, Mm -hmm. the proof is in your gut. And then you say, honey, are you cheating? And then I say, no. Lovely darling, I'm not cheating on you. How could you ever say I would do such a thing? So now you're going, what else in my world am I perceiving the wrong way? Because he's telling me that he's not cheating. So that means that I'm wrong in my perception of what's real. Gaslighting. I just, I wanted to uh, describe it before just using that word. (laughs) No, it's good. Yeah. I feel like that word is used wrong a lot. It's used a lot. Definitely. Okay. But I thought that's a really good, simple example of gaslighting. And, like, he's doing this to her all the time. She doesn't really realize it until this time. And she was just, like, trusting. You should be able to be that way. Yeah. But then it turns out she shouldn't have been that way. Yeah, it just continues. And then the scene that she's in the grocery store and it's like everyone knows now that like he's having an affair. Like oh. the children know. Mm-hmm. He doesn't come home. 
Your, she's like, I'm going to make a nice dinner tonight for your dad. And they're like, why? So he'll come home. So they're reading like a magazine, like an 80s women's magazine, like how to seduce your husband back or something. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, this delicious dinner will bring him back. And the first course is like cream of mushroom soup. <laughs> Nothing sexier than that. And also having your parent, having his parents over for dinner. Yeah. And your children there. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that takes away the seduction element, hopefully. Yeah. And then and then meanwhile, you know, he's Bob's feeding Mary this line of like, Oh, my wife trapped me and I've been in a loveless marriage and I'm a victim. Right. I knocked a girl up. Mary's just like, Oh, but I'm the victim because I love you so And then she tries to guilt him like your wife has everything and I don't have anything. She's got those children and they're her pride and joy. And I've got nothing. So it's like, let me just tell you, side note, that watching the sex scenes with my grandma was super awkward. They're not even that bad, but they're like enough. And then my grandma was like, oh, I don't remember this. She was like, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where they show so much. And I was like, Oh my god. She's like in her eighties yeah. Southern Baptist woman, you know. Uh-huh. Who's a Democrat? Okay. Don't get the wrong idea about her. But I was just like, Yeah, I don't know. I don't remember this either. And then later there was like the scene, like I think at the end of that scene where she's trying to convince him to stay, he's like goes down under the sheets, so it looks yeah. like he's gonna go down on her and my grandma's yeah. like, Oh god. Side I was like, Oh god. <laughs> he doesn't he goes <laughs> away but then at the end of that scene she's going down on him and i was just like doo, 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 what can i do to not <laughs> I acknowledge that i'm in the room with my grandma right now <laughs> so i was oh glad when that was over so you basically recreated the original conditions in which we watched this movie i felt like an awkward <laughs> child <laughs> watching amazing. something that i shouldn't be watching and turning away from it <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> it was kind of beautiful. <laughs> That's really funny because I I was watching uh, She Devil on my computer in my office. Isaac walked in right when they were having the sex scene. He's like, he goes, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, just some soft porn. <laughs> that looks pretty kinky from far away. It kind of does. Really, they're just like rolling around, like literally just rolling across the bed. But yeah, it was kind of racy for hey, the rest of the movie, I guess. A, a, as far as I'm concerned, like a passionate kiss is racy in front of a grandma. That's <laughs> true. Ruth and Bob are really about ready to break up and... Mm-hmm. Ruth comes into the bathroom and he's like, what? You know, he's all defensive immediately. And she goes, she's like so defeated and sad. And oh my like, God. Is sweet and can't get a fucking break with anybody because everybody looks at her and dismisses her. Actually, one thing I feel like I learned from this movie was to not dismiss people because of how they look. That's great. Like that really did make an impression on me. Oh my God. That's beautiful. Like, we had friends that we we were friends with because they got picked on and they needed a buddy. Uh-huh. Like, I'm not going to name any names. <laughs> let's pick on them now. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's just uh, ridicule them now. People having hard times mm-hmm. in life for reasons that I'm not, that I don't have hard times with. So it gives you the ability to, like, have more empathy. I'm glad we got something positive from a movie for mm-hmm. a change later life some mm-hmm. classes that i've been in they're trying to teach empathy and i'm at this point i'm like if you don't have it by now like <laughs> probably it's too late you know it just seems so natural to me to have it and it's like why would you have to teach someone this <laughs> it's like i want to get rid of some of mine damn it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah starting young would be good like we learned from this yeah i was just gonna talk about the scene because i was just going through my little i was like slyly taking notes mm-hmm. on my grandma's tiny little notepad <laughs> and i wrote down 201 pounds because <clears throat> when she's 
he's in the shower getting ready for the big important dinner and then she comes in she's in her bra and underwear and stuff and he's like what ruth what do you even want like i hope you're not trying to think about getting in the shower with me you know yeah it's the vibe and then she was like um i was just gonna weigh myself and he was like no wonder you're in such a bad mood and then she steps on the scale and I was like, I wonder yeah. if they're going to show the actual numbers. And then they did. And I was like, hmm. The thing that kept striking me is like, I just remember as a kid ever, it was just like, Roseanne's the fat comedian. Roseanne's the fat comedian, you know? And it's like, she's not even really fat. And I was saying to my grandma, I'm like, I remember as a kid thinking like, oh, she's fat. Like that was a thing like that just oh, went yeah. along with her. And I'm like, she's not even. It's 75% of her identity back in the 80s and then watching it now i'm just like what the hell yeah it's fucking sick it is is what it is oh i did want to say one more thing though about the weight comment because he fucking straight up bullied her Mm -hmm. uh no wonder you're upset getting on the scale fat people are bullied about their weight the most by their fucking relatives yeah So I just want to say that if you're somebody who was like, maybe you shouldn't eat that to your (laughs) relative and you think like you're helping them be healthy, you're Uh not. You're giving them so much stress and shame that that's causing their stress hormones to rise. And that's not healthy. So you're actually helping them be stressed out. And maybe you didn't realize you were doing it. And I know I sound like a PSA, but like I grew up with people fat shaming each other and it was just accepted that you had to fat shame everyone around you or else everyone would just turn into like this gluttonous job of the (laughs) hut, you know? So you have to keep at it. You got to keep the fear up. Do you see a Twinkie? If your heart rate doesn't go up because you're scared you're going to eat that fucking cookie and immediately gain weight from it, then you're not doing your job as a woman. I didn't get comfortable with my body and my weight until I let all of that fucking shame and fear around food until I let that go. And that took work, and I'm not going to get into how to do that. You can look up intuitive eating, like the no diet movements, um, that kind of stuff, if that's you're interested in it. But... It's out there. Please deprogram from diet mentality. (laughs) That's all I can Uh say. Ask yourself, are you scared of food because you're afraid to get fat? What's been pushed on us as healthy when really all it's about is being as thin as possible. I held a lot of anti-fat and fat phobic beliefs up until about two years ago. When I started examining my fat phobia and my fat, my anti-fatness and I felt horrible and I would, I cried and cried because of the thoughts that I recognized in myself that I've had about fat people. And I got that from the women in my family growing up and from our culture. And I had to consciously deprogram it. And I guess I'm mentioning it because I think about it in terms of, like, if I can admit this out loud, then, like, anybody can admit to themselves and accept, peacefully accept and change the fact that they've had some kind of uh, prejudice that they've held and where it came Mm -hmm. from. And it hurts because there's a lot of shame because you know deep inside it's wrong to feel that way. And so there's shame there. And so people run from that shame by hating on that group even more. When I would watch Roseanne, I thought it was cool that there was a fat lady on TV. Okay. So I held that and I loved her and I loved that show. And I held that simultaneously with, oh God, I can never be that way. But when I let all that shit go, suddenly I just feel really good in my body. And I don't even think when I eat stuff, I just eat what I eat. And I don't think I'm not scared of what I eat or any of that stuff. But a lot of it is just like letting go of the shame 
around the fat phobia that we have all collectively held on to for way too fucking long. Uh-huh. So I'm imploring you if you're listening. I never do this, but I'm imploring you to look at your fat phobia shit. Because I feel like it's got to be in there somewhere if you've grown up in this fucking culture. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. Well, thank you for sharing that. That was raw. I just think it's important, especially as we begin to see more and more different, like varied body types in our media spaces. I think it's important to detox those negative beliefs that we have around body types that don't look like the ones we've been told are the right body. It's just devastating and it takes up so much fucking time and money and mental and emotional energy and worrying about how someone's looking at you instead of like enjoying the fact that they're enjoying your company. Like all of the missed moments that you've had because you're worried that you have cellulite. Yeah. What is this that we've collectively bought into? It is pretty sick when I think about how I used to feel things like that too. And it's yeah. just sad that we like, like you said, spend so much time fixating on these things instead of the important things. But then in she devil, we see what happens when we don't fixate right if you let yourself go if you're not keeping a tight ship he'll dock in other ports (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) with bob he's completely he's completely self-absorbed yeah there's there isn't room for anyone else except for bob's pleasure and his justifications for his pleasure And whenever he talks about his assets, home, family, career, and freedom. But what he doesn't tell her is that he spends his time manipulating his home, his family, and his career so that he can keep his freedom as a sexual bachelor while also assuming the role to the public as a a, a responsible law-abiding family man. I like that she just exposes that. I guess you could say living the best of both worlds, like getting the benefit of having a nice stable home to come home to and dinner cooked for you and all that stuff and your laundry done, but then having like the bachelor life when you go out into the city. Mm-hmm. Ruth, Drops her two teenage children, barely teenage children, off to Mary and Bob's house. Because Bob lives with Mary now. And Ruth is just like, dude, the house just blew up. So there's no (laughs) house. So you, because she blew up the house. So you have to take the kids and I'm out of here. Uh-huh. And then the kids have no fucking respect for their dad or Mary. They think that they're both terrible people. So the kids are just like, well, fuck y'all. And they do whatever the hell they want. Driving Mary up a wall because uh-huh. Mary is now a stepmother who's cleaning and doing laundry and can't write her book. So her life is automatically ruined Yeah. Because she is suddenly a mom. Bob has never been a parent before. And so he's just like, oh, shit, my kids are here. Mary, you're the closest adult woman. (laughs) You have to take care of them. Yeah. Let your womb lead the way. (laughs) You've never done it before, but you'll figure it out. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to start fucking the new secretary, who is a plant. By Ruth, because then Ruth planted Olivia Honey. Yes. In his office, they're having torrid affair. Olivia's like, she's like confiding in Ruth. Ruth's like, men love it when you tell them that you love them, especially <laughs> during sex. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So that goes terribly wrong. I kind of felt bad for Olivia that she was like used. Like Ruth kind of set her up for that 
But I mean, yeah. it was coming anyway. That was the only time where I felt like Ruth yeah. kind of did something a little bit mean. But it was for a good cause. Well, and then she also, Olivia knows that Bob is already in a relationship with another woman. Oh, that's right. So I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I'm I not. I forgot I, about that. I mean, okay, here's my thing. If you know that you're dating somebody who's in a relationship already and it's secret, when you get hurt, duh. Okay. And also, you are already hurting someone else automatically. So I have a hard time having empathy for people who get themselves in relationships with people (laughs) who are already in relationships. That's a good point. I forgot about that. So I redact (laughs) my statement. I don't feel sorry for her anymore. I mean, if she didn't know. Yeah, if she didn't know. That would be totally different. But mm-hmm. I don't buy the argument of, well, he's just not getting along with his wife. Right. And, you know, she doesn't do his laundry. And, I mean, she's really let herself go. So, <laughs> of course he'd want to fuck me. Bob is 100 fucking percent responsible for being a cad. A pants um, man. <laughs> <laughs> But also, if you're going to date a person who is in a relationship, I just don't have a lot of empathy for your sorrowful outcome because it's preordained. So she says, like, on her interview tape that her goal is to meet a rich man and marry him. So she's, like, trying to nail down Bob. But she really did love him. Mm -hmm. I just remember... Olivia Honey, like, she was such a strong memory for me from this movie. Uh Like, I was just like, she's, she's so tiny. She's like impossibly cute and tiny. And she has like the perfect blonde curls. She's just so cute. Mm -hmm. But she's a bad person. Yes. But I didn't really think of her that way so much. I just thought of her as like an adorable, cheery victim. And then the yes. scene where they're like making out in his office and then he puts her on the copier and makes all the copies of her butt and her boobs with his hand on it. Like I always think of that scene. And then anytime I hear Swiss bank account, I think bunk Swiss. Cause that's what she says when she's like doing the transfer into his Swiss bank account. Like I literally hear that every time someone talks about a Swiss bank account, Olivia honey made an impression on me. So she is dumb in the ways of love, but she is smart in the ways of data processing and accounts and money transfers. And so she ends up being like instrumental and really putting the nail in Bob's coffin. She knows his codes and she knows how Mm -hmm. to do the transfers that will get him nailed by the IRS. Okay. She's really young. And also a lot of times whenever people are being like, I have to be competitive with other women and men's sexual attention is the most important relationship I can cultivate to the detriment of all of the women in the room. Yes. Um, That's actually, I think, troublesome on a psychological level because what I see when this happens is that you are clearly making enemies. Mm-hmm. And you can't help yourself. Yes. That's like really clearly illustrated in the scene where she walks into the office when she has gotten hired. And you just see her walking through this 80s office in like this tiny, short black dress in these high heels. And she's strutting through, and each desk she passed by, there's like a different 80s businesswoman that's just like, oh God. And then they all just turn and look at each other, like, look at this. Look who he's mm-hmm. hired now. Like, they all know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they're in their, like, sensible 80s business suits, Nikes and stuff. Yeah. They're actually there to work. Uh-huh. <laughs> not get sexually harassed into a marriage. But, yeah, everyone in his office is women. It's, uh, it's like he's, like, a polygamist with secretaries or something. He probably just keeps a rotation going. Totally. <laughs> Until Olivia comes. 
Well, also, he's like one of those guys, Bob's one of those guys that um, he can't stand up to other men. Mm-hmm. He can only be like rude and or and or charming to women. Uh-huh. But with other men, he kind of falls flat. Can I talk about the most disturbing scene of the movie? Hell yeah. Okay, what is what is your most disturbing okay. scene of the movie? My most disturbing scene of the movie is when Mary's sex-starved butler, because Mary, Mary was fucking her butler... Garcia. Garcia before she got in a relationship with Bob, but she kept Garcia around... And he's a terrible butler because he's <laughs> yeah. a, he's like really just there to fuck her. Bob's daughter comes in. She's like probably 12 or 13. I mean, I'm thinking she was, I'm going to say, be generous and say like 14. Okay. Let's say she's 14. Well, she's been as ever since she got there, she's been like dressing up sexually. Really what, what she's doing is dressing like Mary. She's acting like Mary. It kind of makes sense. You know, she gets her mother, like, leaves her on a doorstep of this woman's house who's, like, ultra glamorous, wealthy. Everything's, like, very particularly decorated. She clearly knows how to get what she wants. And here's this poor 14-year-old girl who's like, I'm going to imitate this woman who gets what she wants. The problem is she's 14 and she has no supervision. So then she's flirting with Garcia and there's this one point where they're dancing and she has her legs. She's like wearing like a leotard and she has her legs wrapped around him and he's like spinning her or something. That was my most disturbing scene. Okay, good. That was mine too. (laughs) (laughs) That was a test. (laughs) If you didn't choose that scene. We're going to have serious issues. Yeah, man. That scene, I had like a pit in my stomach when mm-hmm. I knew it was coming. I was mm-hmm. just like, this is so terrible Me and too. wrong. And like, how could they even film this scene? I know. It's disgusting. I know. It's when Mary's life is like finally falling apart <clears throat> and she's had it. And then she comes home. I think it's after her publicist said like your book uh love in the rent cycle is garbage and we're not gonna print it and so she's already having like a terrible day and then she comes home and her they're playing all this loud music and the 14 year old is dancing with garcia who always has his shirt open like all the way he's like all fabio looking muscular he's probably 30 oh at least 30 he used to be on a soap opera in the 80s i think it was called loving or maybe santa barbara i meant to look it up santa barbara yeah i bet I think he was Santa Barbara. Yeah, so he was from that soap opera. So he's like grown, grown man. Not like huh. in his twenties or anything, even like borderline. No. And they're playing this really loud party music. The little brother has his shirt open, like Garcia always does, holding a bottle of champagne. The brother's probably like twelve. And the grandma's in there. So the little <laughs> brother's got his shirt open and drinking champagne and dancing with his grandma while the girl who's fourteen is like being held up with her legs wrapped around the waist of this grown man, like grinding on him. And it's like, this is possibly one of the most messed up scenes in any movie. It's disgusting. I agree. Yeah. It's like, grandma, hello. I know. Do something. Mary, she uh, punished Garcia. Mm -hmm. Not the daughter. That's good. Obviously, she was like told the daughter to shape up, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. She wasn't like you slut or like anything. Right. Blaming her for that, she was like Garcia, you're fired. Like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Yeah. Like you're gross. So at least there was like an adult that came in and said, "This is super fucking wrong." <laughs> But if there wasn't, I I mean, it would be, like, intolerable. I remember, okay, so I had, there was this one time when I was a, I was visiting a great aunt. Uh, She had, she had a son who was probably, like, 20, 21 years old. And I was, like, 11. 
Probably. Oh my God, I don't like where this is going. And we were at the pool. I thought he was really cute. And he was totally flirting with me. Oh, my God. And at one point, he got really close to me when I was sitting on the edge of the pool. I had, like, my I had my legs in the pool. And he got really close to me. And he grabbed my, like, legs, like, by my thighs and, like, pulled me into the pool. Oh, God. And was, like, trying to, like, kind of wrestle. Oh, no. And I got out. Like, I just, like, fucking shot out of there. Mm -hmm. But up to that point, I thought he was so cute. And the fact that he was flirting with me, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, cute boys are going to like me. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, my gosh, I'm flirting with this adult man and I hope he actually moves on me. It was, oh, I'm getting, like, validation that, like, when I get older (laughs) (laughs) and I'm ready for this, that... Men will like me. Like, it always feels good to get positive feedback. And so Mm -hmm. it really, it made me think of this. It was weird. Mm -hmm. And I didn't tell anybody about it. Because I knew it was weird. So, but you know, this is the kind of shit that happens when you have a patriarch of a family. This guy's grandfather molested everybody in the family oh no like all of the kids all of the grandkids so there's a weird like limited boundary around sexuality that came out in these really fucked up ways Mm -hmm. that I didn't understand until I got a little older and I knew the full extent of what had happened to all of them because I mean he had been he was long gone when I got that's why I have all these weird inappropriate sexual things that were not totally crossing a line but were like kind of that were like definitely crossing a line but um, (laughs) it was blurry Mm -hmm. and that is sort of normalized okay so Mm -hmm. I love how we're, we're really jumping around but I love how Ruth goes to the nursing home that Mary's mom has been drugged in for like 10 years or whatever and starts giving all of the people in the nursing home vitamins instead of the sedatives that they were being force fed. And then they're all like playing soccer and like having a great time. (laughs) And it's like, and then she meets this other woman there. What was her name? I think she calls her Hooper. Hooper. Ruth? Her name's Linda Hunt. I was just looking it up. Ah. I like really, yeah, she definitely makes an impression. Yes. She's very short. Mm-hmm. And Ruth is kind of like, hey, you know, we're the, we're like the unfuckables. <laughs> and we need to do something about it because it's bullshit. What yeah. are we doing hiding away in a nursing home? Hiding away from the world. Because the world doesn't even look at you. Mm -hmm. Or they do, and they kind of go, ah. And then they look away. Uh Uh-huh. And they don't look back. Right. How the fuck does that feel? It's got to feel so awful. Yeah, so Hooper figures out that Ruth has given them vitamins or caffeine or whatever instead of the sedatives, and then she's going to go tell on her. And then Ruth is like, I thought that women like us would stick together. Mm-hmm. And then eventually Ruth brings out, this is also vivid from my mm-hmm. memory, is Ruth <laughs> brings out a box of all of these delicious pastries. Oh. She just starts like downing this eclair. And then Hooper, you can tell she's been on like a strict like chicken broth and dry toast diet for her whole life. <laughs> oh my and God, she's just yes. like, Eyeing the eclair, like, oh, my God, she's starting to lose her mind. And then she scoots closer to Ruth, and she looks into the box, and she pulls out these, like, like a Napoleon or something. Very colorful and vivid. And she takes a bite, and then she basically, like, maybe her only orgasm of her life she has when she bites into Mm -hmm. that pastry. And then she Mm -hmm. goes bonkers on it and eats the whole box. And then she bonds with Ruth and is like, yeah. We need to be buds. Now I'm going to tell you all my secrets and my whole life plan. 
and show you my secret stash. Let you know that I have $55,000 saved up, which is a lot of money. And then it was especially a lot of money. Yeah. And she basically is like, Ruth knows what's up. Ruth has plans. I'm going to follow her. She becomes Mm -hmm. like, Ruth becomes like her leader kind of. Yeah. Her buddy and her inspiration. Mm -hmm. So the reason that Ruth is at the nursing home is so that she can sabotage. Well, first meet Mary Fisher's mom Mm -hmm. and learn more about Mary. And then also (laughs) start ruining Mary's life and their home. And she gets Mary's mom to go visit her at her mansion because Mary just keeps her at this like shitty nursing home and visits her drug and only visits her for like photo ops. And so that she's in this nursing home that doesn't allow incontinence. So funny. Do you (laughs) understand what a nursing home is? How is this even a thing? Ruth uh, actually sets up Mary's mom and Mm -hmm. she's like, when she goes to visit Mary and she's like, she pours pee all over the bed so that she'll get kicked out and then she'll just have to stay with Mary, which is what happens. But the boss comes in and she's like, look at this. It's long-term leakage. (laughs) That cracked me up so much. (laughs) She's like, the issue here is bladder control. (laughs) She's like upset. The boss is like obsessed with making sure nobody wets the bed. In a nursing home, especially when you're sedating them all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, how are they going to get up to go to the bathroom? Yeah, and then Mary's mom, like, tells on her that she's actually 41. And then Bob... (laughs) Bob, who's, like, I don't know, probably, like, at least 45, mm-hmm. he's, like, he's, like, you're 41. <laughs> like, ooh, gross. If I had known. Right. <laughs> yeah. So then he feels even more justified for cheating on her. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's, like, well, okay, she deserves this because mm-hmm. she's 41. Oh, <laughs> God, that geriatric uterus. And then, so, like, People Magazine comes to do a piece on Mary, and then while Mary's running inside, so everyone's trying to sabotage her and make her look like garbage in front of the interviewers. And then she gets called away, and then her mom talks to the reporter and spills the beans on her, and her mom says she was, like, a slut in high school and sleep with anything that moved, and that she, her dad was, like, a kosher butcher and all this stuff. Uh And so it's, like... There's a big expose that comes out on her that's, like, dethroning the queen of romance and stuff like that. And so her life is literally crumbling around her. Um, Really quickly, I just want to say, the interviewer in the movie is the mom from Strangers with Candy, which, if you love that show, then you'll recognize her. And I was like, oh, my God. The stepmom. I come to feel a lot of empathy for Mary uh-huh. And I feel like she's been through something and she understands and she's like learned a lesson from it and that she's better off for the experience. She didn't play the victim. I fucked up and I'm going to admit it in public with a memoir and let everybody know what happened to me. Because really, mm-hmm. like she married a scam artist who was stealing money from her. Right. Because we find out that Bob is a crook and is actually embezzling money from his rich clients, including Jackie Collins. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, the real life Mary Fisher. <laughs> Did you notice that whenever uh, Ruth was plotting and eating donuts in the donut shop, that there was a sign in the background of the donut shop that said, look what we've cooked up? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> That's cute. While she's cooking up her plan. Yep. Yeah, they always have her eating donuts when she's planning or stressed out. And then they make it like powdered donuts so Uh that it looks even messier and just makes her look even more disheveled. And You know, they give all these close-ups like of her mouth and like her her minor mustache and she's got like a big mole on her uh, upper lip. Mm -hmm. And they accentuate all of these things and there's like this one point where she you get to see her face in a magnifying mirror like one of those 
beauty mirrors that people have. Okay, if you have one of those mirrors that magnifies yourself, like just throw it away. Oh, definitely. Like, do the world to own one of those? Never. No. I know my mom had one, and one day I like you know as a kid like picked it up. It's like, why would you ever want to see yourself (laughs) this way? Like, no, thank you. No. Yeah. Then my grandma pointed out at some point she loses her mole. They don't mention it, Mm -hmm. but she just. During her transformation to Vesta Rose, the businesswoman who owns the successful temp agency, she just goes through like a whole transformation and the the mold disappears too. Yeah. The camera is like inviting us to be disgusted. Yeah. By her eating habits, by her dress, by really everything how she presents herself. We're being given all of the cues that we get in every Hollywood movie in the 80s that this woman deserves it Mm -hmm. she deserves to be cheated on by her husband because she's not keeping up her end of the bargain she doesn't look fuckable we're told that that's a good justification but in this movie even though you're getting all of those cues of disgust that you're supposed to be disgusted you're being forced to empathize with her at the same time And then even when she does go to, like, she's getting ready for the big party at the beginning and she's getting her hair done and going to the spa and trying to buy nice clothes and she's doing her best, but it still is, like, not enough. Mm -hmm. And she ends up having to go to the party in this, like, ho-hum dress that you would, like, wear to church because there's nothing in her size that is glamorous. Exactly. Because designers didn't think that fat people deserved to wear their clothes. Because they won't hang right. (laughs) Like, that's like a common, that's been a common justification for years Uh in fashion of why. It's not on brand for us. We're going to turn, this is how bad fat phobia is. We're going to turn down business because we don't like you. That's how much we don't like you. Like, what Mm -hmm. the fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously it's changing a lot. But still, it's like, I mean, I remember those days and I had a lot of uh, older women in my family who were fat and they complained all the time about the the matronly selection of clothing Mm -hmm. that they had. And they would like make fun of their clothes. Like, can you believe how fucking ugly this dress is? (laughs) Yeah, because there was no other choice. There was like no tailoring. It was just like shapeless. Yeah. Material to throw over your body. Yeah. If you're not 90 pounds, you need to be completely covered head to toe. Because, my God, who wants to see that? I, I like, grew up hearing my female relatives say, oh, cover that up. Who wants to see that? Like, when we would be at a flea market or the mall or whatever, And there's, like, somebody that, you know, they deem as being too fat to wear shorts or a bikini. And I would be sitting there thinking, like, what are you doing? But also internalizing it. Yeah. From the the perspective of, well, I don't want people to say that about me. So I better look the right way so that I don't get bullied. Because if my relatives are doing this. Yeah, what would strangers do? Oh, did you notice that Bob has lipstick kisses on his body a lot? Oh, no. I didn't know that. Yeah, like, there's, like, a scene where he's talking to Ruth before they break up. And he's got Mary's lipstick. And then there's another scene where he's with Olivia, I think. And he comes home and he's got lipstick Oh my gosh. And then there's also another, I think there's like three different times. He's, he's an impulsive person and he is embezzling money from his clients who trust him as their accountant. Mm -hmm. And like, he acts like this perfect family guy or something. Like that's his personality is very like appeasing and just pleasant and it's just all fake i wouldn't be surprised if there are some bodies involved 
buried <laughs> bodies somewhere. I know, right? He's like yeah. seriously that awful. Uh-huh. <laughs> like when you like some of the stuff I'm just like, how can you be so callous and completely uh lacking an understanding of another person's situation? Especially one that you're like, Oh, I love you, honey. <laughs> yeah. It's and even if you didn't, like sometimes whenever I see stuff like this, I'm, I'm like, I wouldn't even treat people I don't like this way. What? But he doesn't have any thought for anyone else. Like you said, he's just like an egomaniac. And then he's in jail and he is stuck and doing the laundry and the <laughs> cooking and he can't fucking get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bob's a fuck-up as a domestic goddess. Exactly. (laughs) He burns the lasagna. (laughs) And then the other inmate is like, you stupid, you put it on 525 and it should be 325. And I was like, yes, this is exactly how we treated Ruth. This is beautiful. I love it. (laughs) The tables are turned, Bob. Oh, my God. It's not easy making good meals all the time, dude. No. Now he sees that. So I liked that we got to see Sally, Jesse, Raphael. That was fun. Um, Let's see. One of the things that I like that Ruth said was uh, when she was describing, like, what was happening after mm -hmm. Mary's life started falling apart. She's like, Mm -hmm. men who burn hot for a mistress cool off fast when the mistress starts acting like a wife. (laughs) Oh, totally. (laughs) I actually sort of think that my favorite quote was just when the boss of the nursing home exclaimed, <laughs> long-term leakage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that just, I like had to pause it because I was laughing so hard. It really cracked me up. Yeah. Sometimes I get really, I, I find um, people's irrational anger to be hilarious which, I mean, live, you have to keep under wraps. Yeah. If someone's irrationally angry in front of you, like, laughing out loud at them is probably not the best route. Mm-hmm. But um, but I find it to be incredibly funny sometimes. And this was one of those times mm-hmm. that I found it really funny. A <laughs> uh, long-term leakage. Yeah. Mm. I liked it when Mary was out in the yard and, like, Bob is calling her. He started cheating on her now, and he's like, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm, like, trapped in the city. And he's, like, flirting with a girl in a convertible next to him while he's stuck in traffic. And then she's just, like, trying to get his attention and trying to express emotions and needs to him. And he's, like, not having it. And she's starting to, like, get that feeling of, like, oh, okay. This is what it's like. And then um, she sees the son and his dog playing with her poodle, who's like the love of her life. Mm -hmm. And she was like, she says to Bob, your son and that mongrel are molesting my poodle. (laughs) Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I feel like Meryl Streep is so good in this. And it's like she's such a serious actress. That's how I always think of her. But she's Uh good in comedies. She, I I think she's a really under uh, underrated or underutilized. I don't know. She's like an underrated mm-hmm. comedic actress for yeah. sure. And I thought it was really impressive that Roseanne is like our first movie and she's like keeping up with Meryl Streep. Yeah. Acting. I'm like, that's pretty good. Yeah. Not everyone did a great job. I did too. And uh, what's his face? Ed Bagley Jr. is always a delightful cad yeah he plays such a great jerk (laughs) he does what does he normally play it's like is he ever a nice person he's i'm not sure but like it seems like a lot of the time he's just somebody who makes himself look like he's he appears like he's the nice guy but really he's awful (laughs) and you get to see his butt for a minute my grandma was like oh my Oh, God. Yeah, it was good times. Oh, God. 
Oh, I was just going to ask. I didn't think of a question. So if you're going to say something, I can. Oh, um, do you embezzle money from your clients? Yeah. If you've ever embezzled money from your clients, <laughs> tell us about it at coveryourizepodcast.gmail.com. We promise we won't tell the IRS. <laughs> if you're in a relationship that started as an affair, tell us about it. At coveryourizepodcast at gmail.com. Steamy <laughs> enough. We'll read it on the air. <laughs> Maybe like this. Definitely like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I was looking up trivia because I like to just find some trivia. There wasn't really any good trivia for this movie. The only trivia that I found somewhat interesting is that um, the part of Ruth was almost played by Kathy Bates. Yeah, that's the first one on the list. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Kathy Bates, Bette Midler, Catherine oh. O'Hara. <gasps> oh my god from oh, Shit's Creek. oh, oh she'd be good God. that would have That'd been be a good. whole other level yeah that would be like actual like, legit scary scary <laughs> um michelle pfeiffer oh are you kidding me it's like okay. oh okay you're gonna make michelle pfeiffer ugly and okay um barbara hershey mm-hmm yeah, Jennifer Grey, Ferris Bueller's sister, Dirty Dancing Girl. What? Oh my god, that's weird. Yeah, she was like she's, twelve. Yeah, she's not even in the same age range <laughs> at all. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo, Rosie O'Donnell. Whoa, I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> and Kathleen Turner, we're all considered wow. for the role. Kathleen Turner would have been good. She would have. That makes me think of like War of the, War Roses. Of the Roses. Okay, yeah. We should do War of the Roses. Okay. That movie's fucking crazy. That's her with Michael Douglas again, uh-huh. right? They had like their whole 80s yeah. kingdom going on. Yeah. Okay. With Danny DeVito. Oh my God, that's Triple true. Threat. We have to watch one of those. That's about it. Yeah. Join us. Join us on Patreon if you would like to give us some money and hear us talk about random things. That's what we do all the time. <laughs> Other random things. More random things. <laughs> or even, even more random. Even less organized. Yeah. It's a toast points, if you will. <laughs> That's cute. That's pretty much what's going on right now, right? Yeah. With some surprises. Yeah. It's like we're surprised. We don't yeah. even know what's coming or happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's the majority of the time. Yeah. Be surprised with us on Patreon. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. <laughs> if you like the show, please tell other people about it and mm. rate it mm-hmm. and review and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Um, and we hope that you've enjoyed it. We enjoy making it. So we hope you enjoy listening to it. Absolutely. And we also love to hear from you. Yeah, if you have movie suggestions, let us know, and we'll think about them. Yeah, and, and also if you have your what? No, oh, good. Just like if you have your own memories associated with these movies that we've already done, that's what you're going to say probably anyway. Then let us know and email <laughs> us <laughs> coverizepodcast at gmail dot com. Yes, and that's it. Yes. Anything else? Um. No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next Tuesday. Yeah. Bye. Bye.